Okay, excellent. All right. All right. My name is Ken Paskins. I'm your host today, and welcome to Leadership Tool of Titans, sponsored by the Chef Spot. Today, we're, we're grateful to have Marcia Reiner. Uh, she is with Infinite Profit Consulting, and she is a growth consultant. So, Maria, Mar Marcia, I apologize, first of all. I'm going to correct that. So, obviously. But, uh, Marcia, please explain to the listeners, what is a growth consultant? I mean, that sounds phenomenal. It sounds like something I need. I'm sure everybody needs it. And they're all going to want to call you immediately after this. But what is a growth consultant? I love it. Thanks, Ken. I appreciate you having me on the show today. This is fantastic. Uh, so um, what a growth, a business growth consultant does is they help companies to kind of see the forest through the trees, right? Many business owners are so stuck in the everyday challenge of doing their business that they forget to step back and look at the business and see where they can make improvements and grow their company. And I focus a lot on revenue generation uh, yeah. and processes and operations. So those areas really can be uh, improved by getting some outside help. And that's where the growth consultant comes in is to help them really see things that they can't see for themselves. Okay. All right. So I heard a couple of things. I mean, would you consider yourself an operations person, a marketing person, or a little bit of both of those? You know, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, I'm a marketing geek by interest, um, uh, technically changed, cha trained by by, you know, working and, and spending and investing a lot in my own practice and business. Right. But the funny enough is that, you know, when you work on a project or you, you know, you decide to do a repair on your home, right? And you go in thinking you're going to do one thing and then you find out five things need to be done. Yeah, That's how it kind of comes out to is that you know, you could say that revenue is the, the driver for the business, but when you look at the business itself, you see that it is the process with the, the line when the prospect comes through the, the channel or your funnel of the company, or maybe it's the way that you're doing your bookkeeping. Or, you know, so like I said, five or six things tend to open up. So right. those operations or processes and systems usually come through because right. we found a problem. Okay, excellent. How did you get into this? <laughs> crazy, crazy thing happened. So for years, I'm still a classically trained financial advisor with a certified financial um, planner designation. Okay. I do no investments anymore. I don't sell any products, but I keep my planning going. And okay. what would happen is I would meet with my business owner clients mm -hmm. and they would come in and say, well, hey. You know, I want to plan to sell my company when I retire, yep. right? And I go, great. What's the value of your company? And they give me some Shark Tank idea. Oh, you know, 10 times multiples of this and this and this. And I'm like, sure. Okay. What are we going to do to ensure that that value will be there when it's time to sell? Yeah. And they really, they'd him and ha, or they'd give me this really roundabout answer. And because... I was always working on growing my business yeah. and I come from a family of business owners. I've always had this entrepreneurial style. So funny enough is I would start coaching the, my clients, my financial planning clients on ideas that we could do to make sure we're shoring up the plan yeah. that I knew in fact was going to fail. Okay. And, um, and so life happens, right? Um, 
things happened in my life that that caused me to realize that financial planning in the traditional source was no longer an interest for me. So I started talking to my business owner clients and they liked my my business planning ideas better than my financial planning ideas. And in 2017, I pulled the trigger and went into this path. And it's just, I'm loving it ever since. So funny enough, it was the trigger of planning to sell your business and realizing it was going to fail to move me into helping companies make sure that they can get their business ready. Yep. And a lot of owners, I mean, you and I were speaking on another call, but a lot of owners, and we'll get more into exit planning, but a lot of owners actually don't even do that. So I think, you know, with you're with you're with folks that are got a financial portfolio. So they're natural planners. Most people don't even do that. Right. So mm-hmm. I would assume that you're seeing the cream of the crop by those interactions. But what are some of the statistics out there, just out of curiosity, of people that don't even think through that or exit or companies that die on the vine, right? All that hard work and I'm dead and it, it just disappears. Well, sadly enough, I got to witness both of my parents do that. Yeah. Um, my dad ran a very successful car resale and leasing um, brokership. And you know, he lived in the day to day and didn't make those plans to be able to make it where it wasn't about his ability and those things. And his company died on the vine when it was time for him to retire, made a great living. But, you know, mom had the same exact same situation. She was a powerhouse in the mortgage industry in the um, 80s and 90s. And that's when mortgage brokers were really becoming popular. She yep. actually had at one time like seven or eight branches and companies, you know, big banks were coming to her and going, Rose, how are you doing? How are you creating this process, centralized processing in your location? So she had this fantastic model. Yeah. But she wanted me to step in and take over the roles. And that was kind of not really interesting to me. And so literally her business died on the vines because when she wanted me to come in and take the role, I found out later that she was offered at the height of, I want to say somewhere around 1995 of the mortgage business, she was offered a million dollars for her seven branches. And her processing and system, because she had, she had, you know, all sorts of employees and teams and all this stuff. And she goes, I'm not ready to retire yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom. And if y'all remember what happened in 2007 and 2008 with the mortgage crisis, well, my mom ended up closing her doors, downsizing her branches. She ended up with a copier and a couple pieces of office furniture and closed her doors. That's too bad. Yeah, that's a lot of generational wealth is lost, just not planning that way. So that's really- And had I known back then, (laughs) you know, what I now know today, I kick myself in the behind every day, but that's what drives me with my clients to say, it doesn't matter if you're ready to retire now. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you know who you're going to sell it to or what those future plans are. But if you do the right things today to prepare your business for whenever you decide to flip the switch, you'll be in a much better position 
to sell that company, then waiting or expecting something that you haven't done any preparation for. Yep. Yep. Agreed. It's agreed. So I was looking at your, your web spot, website earlier, and obviously I'm looking at it right now, but um, I'm just curious. Walk us through the six steps to profit boosting, which I'm sure is going to help anybody that wants to exit a business. But what is that and why is it unique? And what, what is your approach there, please? I love it. And thank you. Actually, um, that strategy, those six steps are, are actually in my new book that was just released okay. uh, at the end of April, which is Boosting Business Profits. Okay. Um, nice. And um, those six strategies are really around kind of what I uh, described in the beginning. You need to have the people in place first, right? You right. know, if your business is all about you and you are the business, right? And you're swinging the hammer every day or you're guiding your clients and they all come for you. It's not a saleable business. I right. can't sell you. Right. So you have to do, you know, the E-Myth and all those other books that are out there and, and build yourself a, a team, right. a team to help you do the business that you can change, you can, you can train, you can set people up to help you deliver whatever it is that you provide, your widget or your service. Very easy to do. Um, then you have to have the processes and people in place to, you know, be able to support when you say, Marcia, go do that. They know exactly how to wash, rinse and repeat your system. Yeah. But beyond that, you know, when we're looking at the sales pieces, right, how do we boost those revenue levers, right? We look at how do you make sure you get leads that are your right client? The right. person who is ready and willing and looking for you out there. They right. may still be looking for, for ideas or validation or um, is this really the solution I want? Are you the best person to provide that solution? So it's, but it's setting you the business up yep. for successful lead generation. Yeah. Then it becomes, how do you move through that sales process of conversion and converting better uh, ratios than you did in the past? Mm -hmm. And then setting up different kinds of offers that if your client isn't ready to buy your $10,000 offer, maybe they're ready to buy an entry-level offer. And so I use this example of, even the florist, right? If we're, if we're talking different businesses, a gentleman walks into the florist and says, I want to buy my girlfriend or wife some flowers. And it happens to be Valentine's Day. So of course the price is accelerated. And she goes, oh, it's $100 today for your dozen roses. And he goes, what? Ouch, uh, I think I'll look somewhere else. Starts heading for the door. And she says, wait, if $100 is too much, I have this local florist bunch for 25. Is that more in your price range? And he goes, yes. And so creating offers that allow your customers to buy what they feel they can afford rather than walking out the door, right. if that makes sense. So you can see lots of different things that stack into those six strategies. And that's just, we're just coming up off the top. <laughs> Talk to me about leads, if you will, because mm -hmm. boy, 
you know, it, it, everybody wants more leads, but more importantly, people want qualified leads. And I, I don't know about you, but every day I get into LinkedIn, I have somebody from the from far East reaching out to me and, and wanting to, you know, give me 10,000. Sell, sell their, sell their crap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, what's your strategy there? How do you work? If, if I, let's say I'm, I'm a client of yours, how would you work with me and help me get more leads so I can do all this great stuff and boost my profits? You know, great question. And um, I am not a quote marketer, right? So there's a lot of people that can help you develop your website that can help you, you know, run ads and do all that kind of stuff. That's not my jam. Okay. My jam is, is to make their job, those marketers job, a lot more impactful. Okay. And we do this by doing a couple of different things. The first thing is, how do you clearly articulate who your ideal customer is? What is the problem that they have right now right. that they're looking to solve? And then how do you position your business as the most logical um, hands down, best opportunity to solve their problem. Right. And then position yourself in a way that it makes it very easy for that ideal customer to start to try you out. Right. right? right. Because I don't know about you, but when I'm looking for a, my problem to be solved, I'm not going to pick up the first guy or person or company I see and go, oh, that's it. Here's my money. Solve my problem. Mm -hmm. Whatever that is. Yep. I want to feel comfortable that they are that person and maybe test the waters a little bit, okay. get more information. Yep. And so that's where the foundational work that you need to have done on your business is going to be rocket fuel for the website creation for the ads that you spend for the communication that you do on LinkedIn right. to attract that audience. So that's where I come in. Okay. Got it. If that so, makes sense. There's no, a lot of groundwork, right? Foundational stuff, but, but guess what, Ken, this doesn't, this doesn't mean that you're starting your company and, and that's where it went. This is often recalibrating existing companies that are already in momentum yeah. and fine tuning it. And it, and even multi-million dollar companies often re need to redefine and reconnect with their audience right. to make sure that their impact is much greater. Right. Right. So, so what's, what's just, what's a client journey look like? I, I engage you and I see you do private, small groups, do it yourself. Right. What, what does that journey look like if I wanted to work with you? Well, funny enough, as I always start out with my best, best, best um, strategy. So I've got 50 some odd strategies that I mix cocktails with and create with my clients based on their own their own situation. But um, we start off with a phone call. Right. We start off. We make sure that this is the right kind of thing. I share some of the strategies and show my uh, prospective clients how these strategies could really move the needle for their business. Okay. Then from there, I actually take them through a proprietary software that will show the impact, right? So we're not just theorizing that, oh, if we do this, right, it's going to improve that. 
I come in and show them, well, what if we made a 5% improvement in this particular area? How would that impact your bottom line? Okay. And then the numbers line up and they're like, oh, so then if I'm, if, if my fee is, is this, I've just managed to cover the cost of hiring me, right. which is one strategy. Yeah, and yeah. then what we do is we start working through those strategies over a period of time. Okay. okay. How long is that? How long is that journey typically six months, a year? So great question. I've had clients that have worked with me for as little as six months, and I've had clients that are still working with me for, you know, five, six years later. Yeah. So these engagements can, um, can, we can, we can really get them going quickly, but then you find that there's a lot more that can of worms that opens up <laughs> when yep. you open the wall to fix the plug, you know, there's more things that, that, um, that provide and having, having someone who has the skill set and knowledge to be able to truly help the customer to achieve those actionable tactics and strategies really in, it, it brings me into their into their business in a way that um, you know I love, they love, and then we become trusted partners. Okay, awesome. Uh, so let's go back to just exiting again. We highlighted yeah. that you gave me a couple examples of um, uh, some stories about your parents and everything. How do you engage co companies and businesses? I mean, I, I understood how it was it's different when you were an advisor, right? How do you generally engage folks now to help them actually plan their strategy? Give, give the listeners a, a, a real feel of what that looks like. To, I'm assuming you're working with them to maximize their value, maximize their potential, and then put a, a stake in the ground of when they want to exit or not. So talk to, talk to us about that, if you could, please. So the funny thing that happens is that um, if you ask a business owner and you start to talk to them about their exit strategy, it is either right in front of their eyes and right. they want to grab it tomorrow, which right. is too late. Yeah. Or it's so far away that they don't even want to think about it. I agree hundred percent. Yeah. So it is, yeah, those polar opposites. So what I've found is that by doing all the strategies that I teach in my growth arena, it sets the business up in a way that makes them sale ready. So you don't have to think about selling. It's already stacked up. So you become a very attractive business. Okay. But to answer your question, many business owners that think about selling, they're like, I want to sell in the next year, right? Well, the process takes about a year. So that means the business has to be, you know, buttoned up. Yep. Positive increasing cash flow is always a desired situation for buyers right? You need to have a business that is transferable to another entity or team member. Yeah. That's super important. The books have to be stellar and tell an incredible story of potential growth. Right. And with those kind of things, then it becomes, well, how do you get those? To create those for an already existing running machine that's moving along doing everything great, it could take six months to a year to prepare that and make sure everything's buttoned up. We all have skeletons in our closets. <laughs> you have to bury those first yep. um, and give some time back there. But business buyers will look back 
three years to, to understand the story of your business, sometimes a little further uh, to be able to get the history for it. Right. So as you can see now, I'm adding more years, each, each portion I talk about to what it takes to get that business sale ready. Yep. I don't sell your business. I get it ready for sale. So the longer the runway, the better you can position your company so that whenever you decide, ideally five, 10 years, whatever that time horizon is ahead of you, you're in a better position to be more attractive and get more multiples for your company than you would have if you just said, I've spent 30 years doing this in my business. I'm done. Yeah. I'm looking for a buyer now. Yeah. Well, chances are you're going to get, if you're lucky, two multiples. That means two times your current revenue right. for your company right. for 30 years of contribution. Right. There's no balance there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So I, I get uh, the books, right? And yeah not be easy to help your cash flow i mean look if everybody had the answer increasing cash flow they would <laughs> what are some other I've got, I've got proven steps though i have got okay. really proven things to increase that cash flow so okay. so what are some other areas just give me some other examples of things you look under the hood and you yes. know uh, we know we now need 12 months in advance what are some other things that you're looking at say you got to tighten this up you got to do this you got to do that you bet. thanks yeah, you know, there are a lot of things to 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 do with it. Um, I think um I think the biggest impact is the owner. Okay. The founder of the company that has carried the company on his her shoulders for the last five, 10, 20, 30 years. Right. How do you get that owner in a position where A, the business runs without them. Yeah. <laughs> That's the ideal situation. Right. And your biggest litmus test on whether your business can run without you is to take a three-week vacation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you on your phone the whole time you're on your vacation? Or do you feel confident that the business is running successfully without you? Yeah. Okay. And that goes back to the people processes and, and everything you've got going on. But I think that's, that's your biggest, that that's your biggest thing is in, and if it can't run without you, then what can you start to do to make sure that it can? Right. Okay, good. And then you'll spend some time with them, I'm sure, and helping them understand like their challenges with the people and their processes and build those things up. Okay, good. Exactly. Okay. And by the way, um, I'm not the end all beat all. I'm the I'm the visionary. I'm the quarterback. I'm the person that gets you thinking differently and moving towards the steps. So I'm the strategic planner. Okay. We put those pieces in place with the actionable tactics to get the job going. Gotcha. But very often, there are other parties that need to come on board to help you implement them, okay. whether they're employees yep. or, or contractors or other consultants that can help you do that. Because when we're looking, just as an example, with your financials, right? 
right. I'm going to tell you there are gaps and there are holes and there are pieces and here's how we can fix them. But it might not be your job as the founder to right. go fix them. It may be bringing in a CFO or a yeah. properly aligned CPA to help you do these kind of things. It may be a team member outside. Okay. The other example may be marketing. We know your messaging and we know what we need to say, but in order to get the leads coming in, we have to buy ads. So now we bring in a marketing agency that helps us buy ads. So are you seeing how there's other layers of partnerships that come in with me yep. to help you implement? Okay. But it is, it is a team. It, what is it? It's, it's, um, um, a team sport, <laughs> you know, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, it yeah. does take a village to raise your company. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. What are some closing thoughts for listeners out there that, you know, just some closing thoughts, words of advice, and, and also how could they reach out to you? Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun and sharing this kind of wisdom. Um, I think the biggest thing that I want people to consider business owners to consider it's never too early to think about what you're going to do for your exit. Yeah. Never too early. I mean, the day you start your company and name your company and put your corporate structure in mind right. is the day you should be thinking of how you're going to get out of your company. Good point. How The exit on it. So it's never too early. It might be a little too late, but it's always get started today if, if yeah. you haven't thought about that one. So, so get that going. Um, my company, um, I am all over social with constantly talking about increasing profits, driving growth, and preparing for a future sale. So you can always troll me and get, get my messaging out there on any of the social platforms. Okay. But I would encourage listeners, maybe you want to get a little bit of a jump start. Yep. And um, I have a free training that's uh, okay. called the 30-Day Profit Booster. Hmm. And it's at 30dayprofitbooster.com. And it's a free training where I'm teaching how you can get a, get this, 45% bump in your net profits. Wow. 30 days. Oh, I'd like to like to check that out myself. <laughs> yeah, everybody can. And the great thing is, is that's, that's the first strategy I do with all my private clients yeah. in a way to get them enough money to pay my fee. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a little self-serving, yeah. but it moves the needle on the company and it shows them that they, there are, there are hidden, there are hidden profits sitting in your company and it's not hard to do. We can do it in 30 days. We just said something. I'll ask you one, one more question. You said something, okay. pay my fee. Do you try to do value-based pricing? Do you try to uncover enough value to, to is, is that the goal? That's the goal because I mean, you know, with any kind of um, partnership or even employees, when you have an employee come on, you want them to generate enough revenue to pay their fee, right? That's the trade-off I think about is I want to produce enough profits that yeah. I'm at least doubling my yeah. fee. So yeah. that way you're going in a good place and you're not having to dig in your pocket for yeah. too long to pay me, yeah. right? Because I'm, I'm, I'm adding impact to your business. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Marcia, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. I learned a lot uh, myself and I encourage our listeners to go out there and check out, check out your book, check out your website and check out your, your offering. So a lot of value there. So appreciate Thank you. It. Thank you.